0: And Welcome to On Farm. This is Anna back with you today and of course everyone loves to be told that they're doing a good job and the Helping It Happen Awards which are run by Scottish Land and Estates are kind of doing exactly that. It's recognising and rewarding people, organisations, communities who are doing great things within rural Scotland. The awards are open now for entries for 2023, but for this episode we're going back and chatting to some of the winners from the 2022 awards. There were nine winners in total, and we're hoping to do three episodes, each with three winners in them. So this is the first one. You can sit back and relax, but before you listen to that, we just have a short word um, about the awards more widely from the Scottish Land and Estates CEO, Sarah-Jane Lang.
1: Scottish Land Estates Helping It Happen Awards have been running for, for seven years, and the campaign has been running for a little bit longer than that. And they still provide such an excellent opportunity for businesses and projects, organisations, and individuals to highlight the, the really vital contribution that they're making to the life of, of rural Scotland. I know people have thankfully got past that. I suppose rural Scotland humility of of just you know keeping your head below the parapet and, and and not shouting about your your successes and I'm delighted that helping it happen is able to provide a vehicle for people to to do that and it's not just about the awards it is about raising awareness of the the contribution that that rural businesses make um, to the environment to communities creating employment creating opportunities for other. So it's a really um, excellent opportunity to, to celebrate, but also just to, to raise awareness of, of of the realities of what's happening in, in rural Scotland. So for 2023, we have made a couple of changes. I think it's important that helping it happen continues to, to remain relevant. And we've got two new additions to our, our categories. And the first is the Award for Outstanding Contribution to Rural Scotland. And that aims to celebrate those who have spent their lives working in or, or for Scotland's countryside and, and their rural communities. And the, the Rural Rising Star Award. I'm sure we can all think of those people who really embody, you know, the values and the attributes that um, turn them into to stars of, of rural Scotland. And we've also made a, a slight change to our Rural Housing Award that's now been expanded to, to Rural Property. So that'll include um, not only those um, who are involved in providing much-needed rural housing, but also look at outstanding design and, and architecture across all property types in, in rural Scotland. So the nominations are, um, are now open. People can enter online at the Scottish Land and Estates um, website. You can nominate yourselves, you can nominate other people, and I'm delighted to, to say that, you know, nominations are are flooding in um, from, from across Scotland. As I said, don't be shy. It is an, an excellent opportunity for, for rural businesses to kind of wave the flag and celebrate the fantastic job that
0: they're doing. We'll hear more from Sarah-Jane at the end of the episode, but let's now get into our chat with the award winners.
2: Hughie campbell Chairman of Stratthrow Estates in North Angus. The company is primarily agricultural, mostly renewables with housing and other property.
3: I'm Kirsty Ritchie, co-founder of a company called Mind and Mission. We are at the moment undertaking a project with the Scottish Government for women in agriculture called Be Your Best Self. The company that I run is, its purpose is essentially to improve mental fitness and, and that's been a contribution to the Be Your Best Self programme.
4: I'm Ian Robertson. I am the Chief Executive of Countryside Learning Scotland. We deliver education packages within the rural sector across all rural industries, from recadventure to traditional land use and environment conservation. We do that through a programme called Pathways to Rural Work, uh, which is designed to... Try and combat some of the major issues we're having in the rural environment just now with recruitment of good young people.
0: Well, thank you all very much. You're each involved in projects which won an award, so congratulations on that to start with. Kirsty, the Be Your Best Self program, which you highlighted was the winner of the Education Award. Stracathro Estates won the Housing Award, and Ian and Countryside Learning Scotland won the, the Working with Communities Award. It's easy to see when you group those three awards together, how they are able to have a wider impact on, you know, not just very small local communities, but on our understanding and hopefully the development of things that are really critical to, to rural business. I might start with with you again, Hugh, if that's all right. Can you tell us a little bit about the project which won the award and how it interacts with the local area and the benefits that it set out to deliver?
2: Yes, Certainly. Can I go back a little bit? The reason why we built the houses, and I can explain, uh, was because we had an argument with Angus Council Education, who said there was no need for a local primary school. They wanted to close it. It clearly, we felt, was not fair. They hadn't done their research. They hadn't come to speak to us or other people who owned houses to see how many young families were coming through. So when they did save the school or we managed to get persuade them that they were wrong with their numbers. I then realized, actually, one of the problems we do have is that the occupancy of the many houses there are, and it's not an unpopulated area in North Angus. In Shver itself has 25 houses, and in the immediate area, there's another um, 150 within the so-called Cashford area. What's happening is that people, when they're getting older, it all over Scotland, tend to stay in their house after children have left. So the number of children has definitely dropped, even if the number of houses hasn't. So we ended up building six houses Hugely helped by the Scottish government, and there's now um, 10 children in those six houses, of which the majority now go to local school. So that's where the whole story started from. And of course, it's a very good news story. I'm very pleased with it, not only just for the pleasure of having done it, but more it's created a much closer relationship with the Angus Council, especially the uh, the social side, and in a way with the government as well, because it was their funding that made it possible. As for the award itself, yes, everyone loves to be recognized. But what did happen with that is actually in practical terms that we talked about the uh, Stratford project at the the spring conference. And I had probably 10, 12 people getting in touch wanting to hear more about it. Now, whether they have been, that interest is being transferred into construction, I don't know. I think there's been a, a real Lack of progress simply because the present rent freeze has made it probably uneconomic. That's probably getting to political matters more than the good story. The good story of having won the award and the publicity for that, the SLE, and perhaps for landowners as well, or land managers, is it's a good news story and we need more houses in the countryside. It's a win-win
0: it sounds as though it's been a great community project. And as, as you say, you know, it's been integral to saving longer term that the local primary school, which is, which is fantastic. Um, uh, Kirsty, uh, perhaps it's just the age I'm at at the moment. But um, when I think of primary schools, I think of, of obviously of, of my own kids. And then I start to think of women in work, or perhaps women who are not in work. And the fact that within rural Scotland, you know, women are quite obviously, represent 50% of the population, but they don't necessarily represent 50% of the workforce. They perhaps don't have um, the confidence to be in work. Perhaps they've left work to have children. And it was those women that the Scottish government set out to, to try to help by the creation of the Be Your Best Self program, um, so I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit more about that program and some of the impact that you've seen because it's been running now for for quite some time. You're you're on cohort nearly
3: on cohort nine of ten. Um, you're right, we we are coming to the end, and it's incredible that this has been a, a two year program and we're nearly at the end of it. It's been quite a humbling experience personally for me. I was just starting out with my business partner creating Mind and Mission and working out what we were going to do. And this opportunity came along and I'll be really honest, we were probably quite naive about the whole women in agriculture context uh, until we read the report. And we all felt incredibly strongly about the topic itself, being women in work, having worked in industries that are also male-dominated Having experienced some of some of that there as well, and what I found throughout the program is interestingly, it hasn't really been about agriculture, which some might think, "Well, oh, what is she doing? What is she doing on the on-farm podcast? It's not about agriculture." Um, interestingly, it is because every single woman on the program has be involved in farming, agriculture or rural working or living in some form. But the program itself is about personal development. It's about bringing women together to inspire, to yes, get some education, to learn tools, techniques, to learn about themselves, to be able to go back out into their respective communities, whether that is farming or agriculture or even some corporate organisations as as well in the agricultural industry, and to be able to take that back. And the feedback, as we've gone throughout, has been improving every cohort that we do. So we've learned from from every experience. And now we're nearly at the end, having won the award uh, last year. I think it actually helped us to get more people on board, to really have that sort of external validation that yeah, what we're doing is actually really important on so many different layers and so many different levels. So it was quite a humbling experience to to get that and it really defined that we're doing a good job to have someone completely external say, yeah, this is a good thing that you're doing. It really does give you that extra boost and that extra bit of motivation to to do more.
0: I, I think that's it. And, and Hugh alluded to this as well. You know, nobody's going on a hunt for awards, but the very fact that you get one also helps to reinforce what maybe what you already knew, that the course was delivering concrete benefit. But it adds that, that credibility. And it's just always nice to know that other people recognise some of the hard work and achievements as well, I think. Ian, could you also tell us a bit more about your project, and again, how, how what your thoughts are in terms of that kind of award recognition type piece as well?
4: Yeah, absolutely. The program we run is called ADHD Rural Connect, which is effectively does what it says in the tin, which is about getting young people with adhd recognized as being potentially a good thing for any workforce in the rural sector with some of the traits of adhd people and how they stick to tasks and so on and and, and that uh, that was the brainchild initially of cubo maynell who's a farmer and sure and he came to cls recognizing the pathways to rural work program that we run and asked if we could help them put something together with regards to giving that particular demographic the chance to get into uh, rural careers. So we sat down and planned out, spoke about it. Um, we targeted one school in Perth, and Perth Grammar School. We pulled on board the major partner who is um, Perth and Kenrose ADHD, and they were going to be the specialists in that field, whereas we, w- we could sit and build the foundations for the program and run the program within Pathways to Rural Work. So that seemed like a nice partnership. The program is... Unlike Kirsty's programme, is very much in the early stages. We're in a pilot phase at the moment. We have support from NFU Mutual, which was very gracefully received. Um, we have fundraised another, uh, another number of um, funds to, to bring us up to a point where we hopefully can employ somebody within this year. So it's early stages. We've run a, a programme for, for about 15 young people in perth Grammar. Uh, what's really opened my eyes is the number of young people who are diagnosed with ADHD. And the number of young people who are not diagnosed with ADHD who are just on the cusp and and still require some support and are not particularly academic or are academic but are not recognized as such because they struggle to sit behind a desk all day, uh, like many of us have to say. So, yeah, so the recognition part, the Helping It Happen Award is the first award that CLS has received and it, it really has. We've worked hard over the last few years to as a young organisation to get ourselves on the rural map and to be recognised as an organisation who can deliver for the problems of the rural sector. Also for the for, for the, the young people in the country to make them more aware of what is available to them and that is a huge issue we've found within schools that teachers just don't have the experience or knowledge of the rural issues and still see you know, rural jobs has been effectively shoveling dung and manual labor and nothing else. And they don't recognize the broad diversity of careers that are available. So our teacher training program helps that helps that along the way. So really from from, from a recognition perspective, it's really helped um, as it's also probably stimulated another award through the Lantra Awards, a partnership award we got for the program as well. So the program's just started and it's got two awards, which is fantastic. That really helps in fundraising funders then recognise that, that your own community supports and, and recognises the work you do. And that goes a long way to, to helping with funding applications and so on. And also from our staff point of view, you know we have limited resources ourselves. We have a uh, coordinator in Tayside, works three days a week on the Pathways to Reward programme. And we've asked her to, to to do a little bit in the interim to run the ADHD programme. So she's putting a lot of extra hours in, d- deserves a huge amount of credit. And just getting that award really motivates them to continue pushing the boundaries in what is a very vocational job you know there's not often a lot of thanks so it, it certainly allows me to go back to the staff and say you know well done this is recognizing you so it's been really helpful from that point of view
0: i think that's human nature isn't it Kirsty? you will have discovered this amongst the participants i imagine of the be about self program many of whom are working hard, perhaps you know, bringing up kids, working on the farm, also have, you know, have a full-time job in some cases. And probably they, they are struggling sometimes in terms of lack of recognition in their daily lives. And I think the fact, just the fact that all of you have a team of people who are trying to, to do are actually pretty amazing things. And just for those people to know that what they've done is making a difference and has been recognised for it, I think is, is enormously important.
3: Absolutely. The programme in itself is for women to come out of the sort of five or six weeks really feeling that they're worthy. And I think recognition that the education piece that we put together is, you know, up there and doing something quite profound is great. And and to be honest, we have mentioned the award to all the cohorts because the programme would be nothing without the participants. You know, we would not have won the award without the participants because it's their inspirational stories, it's the diversity, it's the ingenuity. You know, we've been blown away by each and every cohort that, that's gone through the programme at the, um, the depth around the country. It is just incredible what some of these women are doing. And we've dedicated that award to to every single you know woman that has gone through the programme. have put it better
0: myself, Kirsty. Yeah, it's just succinct and, and perfect. Hugh, it struck me, you know, Kirsty's programme has the potential to help 50% of people in rural Scotland because 50% of people are women. Um, Ian, I read the other day that 15% of the population have ADHD. So the scope for you across the next months, years, decades even, to, to help so many people is vast.
4: One, one of the topics that we've been discussing in the steering group with ADHD, Perth Ross, is the cost to the country at the moment between young people who end up going to prison, going down the wrong route and so on, uh, because young people are not really catered for with ADHD at the moment, is far greater than it would be to run a programme to get young people actually going down the correct plane and saving a lot of the money longer term. And I think that's a a key point with the Mm programme, never mind the rural side, which is also can benefit hugely from these people. But uh, that has been a key sort of priority for us is to say to to funders that the current cost of dealing with the the, the outcomes of poor education for ADHD young people is massive. um, And that can be reduced hugely with, with getting these young people onto the right track at an early stage.
0: Of course. And that's that's above and beyond the, the, the help that's actually being given to the individual. It's not just the individual that's benefiting. It's the entire economy. Hugh, coming to you, I know we, we spoke on the phone actually in advance of this podcast. And I know that there are challenges, that the the, the, rent, the rural rent freeze is a particular challenge for you. And, and um, I, I may come back to you for a whole other podcast episode about that, actually, because I think it's something that needs to be talked about. Um, kind of that aside, I, I guess... You know, you said you've had interest from people who have have seen your project, seen what it's delivered for the the local community, and are interested in in trying to, to maybe replicate that. But what what are your thoughts in terms of of you know the the housing crisis that, that we're at the moment and the various solutions that are out there and how how rural businesses such as yours can be part of of the solution?
2: Inadequate housing is. What I learned from our project we had 300 odd people applied for them and we could have filled those houses ten times 20 times over where it was so sad was a lot of people applying had lost the will to live or will to develop you could see they wanted to do it they couldn't because the present housing was inadequate and half of that problem with that is localized management of housing and I, I'm not going to try to be critical of council housing, I think, unfortunately, due to lack of money around, too many people are living in substandard houses. And it must be very, very difficult. It's been a real eye-opener for me. On a very positive side, though, that injection of those extra people into the village and help through CLLD and money from the old lag system, we're now going to have a, probably set up a SCIO for Stracathro and put the buildings like the village hall and sadly, the now that closed church into community ownership and try to get a proper community life going because without, without housing, you can't have people. But unless you motivate people to feel part of it, you don't have a community. And a community was what always created Scotland in the past. A great belief that we have to start off, absolutely have to start off with decent housing.
0: Do you think it's feasible for others to, to replicate what you've done and for them to see communities like yours come back to a point where they're thriving and engaged and you know, really benefiting the area, not just from a social point of view, but hopefully also from an economic point of view?
2: Luckily, if we continue with very uncertainty about rents going up, they can go up by inflation, that's fine. If there's a real need to stop bad landlords putting the rents up too high, we should have that. But the other side is you'll never get anyone to borrow money in order to build houses if the return from those houses is less than the, it's cost them to borrow. Cost them to build, yeah. And it's as simple yeah. as that. It's basic Space economics.
0: Basic economics, yeah. You know, this is not necessarily what we're here to talk about. But actually, what, what you have highlighted is the way in which SLE is Making that contribution to to not just this issue, but you know the issue that that Ian highlights as well. You know, by by way of its its capacity to influence, and I suppose that's another part of what SLE does. We're obviously talking about the Helping It Happen Awards, which are the, as we've talked about already, the real opportunity to uh, congratulate and recognise and motivate people. And I suppose that's where SLE's role is is twofold, because you know, Ian, you've you've talked about the challenges of of in uh, in terms of education and how best to direct that funding and and it's obviously not being directed in a wholly constructive way at the moment and that's why there's the, such a need for, for your project i think
4: the structure of education is is traditionally very difficult and probably hasn't evolved the way it should have a classic example of that is part of the, the program we run is about giving children of the sort of early secondary school years the opportunity to try as many different rural careers as possible, whether that's kayak instructor, whether it's gamekeeper, whether it's environmental specialist, the reason we're trying to do that is because we want to give these kids a better chance to have a chance of making a choice of what their career may be by giving them a chance to engage with something at the early years of secondary school. At the moment, they're asked to choose their subjects in second end of secondary two in most cases. What chance have they got of knowing what they want to do with their life experiences up to that point? It's a ridiculous system. So I think from an education perspective, we can't do anything about that as a small organization, but we can try and provide them with a, more experiences, if possible, through their early secondary schools to give them a better chance to make a better des- decision. So you're actually pushing young people you know, within two or three years into a further education opportunity in a rural career or straight into a job. And this goes for the, the kids with ADHD too. There's an ex- extra element to that because we want to improve their self-esteem, their self-worth self-awareness make them more employable along with giving them the experiences of, of rural and, and trying to use these rural experiences to provide that animals are a classic example most young people with adhd just have a rapport and a trust with animals that they don't have with other human beings so giving these sort of awareness opportunities in the early stages of secondary and then using taking the, those who do engage with something and moving them into the second phase of the project which is work experience that's where we need the businesses and that's where we partner with SLE to to get access uh, through them to, to some of their businesses who could help with placing these young people to get them a chance and a start. And then the third phase of the programme is to, is to take that group and move them into uh, further education and work and help them with that transition phase. So it's a very progressive programme, Pathways to Rural Work and ADHD Rural Connect, which is part of that.
2: Can I say, on oh, that, we had 80 children here yesterday
4: from Mayor's Academy
2: in Lawrence Kirk Matruse, and, and Arbroath in Arbroath, in a RET scheme. I'm
0: a trustee of RET, so I am delighted to hear that news, you.
2: <laughs> no, 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 excellent. And um, it, it was great. They had their modules to go around. The reason why we did that is because there is such a lack. We cannot get staff now. It is quite interesting. Some of the children were suddenly realised there's much more to it than the good description in before of shoveling, I think, said done um <laughs> it's it's basically uh you know it's much bigger and big machinery of course or every boy seems to, and girl seems to enjoy looking at and being photographed in front of yes again this education in the countryside is vital
0: and i think actually you know that's what we've talked about recognition and self-worth and motivation and i think they're all critical for teams and for people involved in various projects but uh you know i by the nature of my job i'd Spend my life wearing a PR hat, and that's the other benefit that I see. Is that yes, you've you've got these fantastic organisations that that we've touched on. Obviously, RET is a as a particular favourite of mine, but they're all doing amazing things in terms of PR to help educate people, give them a greater understanding of what grows on in the countryside, uh, countryside careers. Um, there's no end to that journey. And therefore, every single project recognized in any awards, SLE awards, Helping it Happen Awards, obviously, but in any awards, any project that gets recognition is helping on that, that promotional journey, if you ask me, you know, you know, I I, I will admit I know very little about rural housing. But when I read um, your application to Helping it Happen Awards, I, I learned a huge amount. Likewise, I've learned a huge amount about ADHD from learning about Ian's project. And from a couple of other things. Um, all of these things are helping to to develop that understanding and that education. And whilst the benefits of that are difficult to measure and it's not always tangible, I think we all have to take pleasure in the fact that the the benefits are there more and more by every single project that we do more and more people are learning something people have learnt about the importance of how how you go about helping to to make rural schools more viable through your project people are understanding more about what careers are best suited to those with ADHD you know with this the women in agriculture topic as well and I think that for me I take heart from that that it's sometimes the benefits are not tangible but they're there and that's why sle keeps going with the awards and that's why businesses keep entering and businesses keep doing what they're doing so there's yeah we, we've got mountains to climb here but I, I think i see so much positivity in all of this as well
2: giving someone an award obviously is pleasure to receive this but from our case it's spread the word that this grants are available from the government it is maybe improved our standing a bit in the area. It's given me incentive, yes, certainly, we would do more of these houses because it's something it's right to do. But getting an award, yes, it's great, and it spreads the word or incentivize staff, which is, I hadn't really thought of that side that came through earlier, earlier. I think that's vital. So yeah, all power to people to apply. And what I will say, if you apply and don't get it, keep trying again.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you might not, people might not win, but there are always at least three businesses shortlisted and they get, you know, a certain amount of of recognition and I would hope satisfaction from that as well. So absolutely enter. And I think, I think what you said there, Hugh, kind of sums it up. You know, many of the projects involved in the whole of, of the Helping It Happen Awards do what they do because it's just the right thing to do. And, I think, yes, obviously, there are issues of, of community and finance and all sorts of things that you've got to throw into that mix too, but these projects are all the right thing to do, and I think that's that's why I feel so enthusiastic about them. Ian, before before we close, have you got anything you'd like to, to add on that note?
4: Yeah, I think, I mean, our USP is an organisation, really, and we, we've tried to place ourselves in the rural market where nobody else does, and that's working across... Everything when you look out your window anything that's educational and outdoors as I say, we've tried to group that into wreck adventure, traditional land and sea use and environment conservation just to make it simple for the urbanized people to see you know where things sit. Now obviously a lot of careers can sit in all three of these. But I think what's really important for all people involved in rural is that yes we need to continue to promote and preach to the people already involved and the converted. But we have a really, I believe, we're really bad at promoting out with the rural sector. And when you consider the, the government numbers, I think 98% of Scotland's land mass is classed as rural. 17% of the population live in that 98%. Now you can argue that 17% living rurally, there's probably only 4 or 5% that are what you would class as true rural people. So we're a tiny, tiny minority of the population, but providing... You know punching way above our weight with what we provide for the communities and the people of scotland whether that be you know work economy health and well-being and all the other tags that go with it so i think if i have any one request it's it's let's get to we work particularly the adventure side which traditionally has been a real clash between traditional land use and adventure. now more and more estates are recognizing the benefits of getting involved with that and actually managing it and controlling it and the conflicts are starting to reduce that's helping with understanding of, of how the countryside really works, not necessarily what the national media tell us. So I think getting these clear messages across to our urbanised population, that should be our market, not necessarily. And we still need to talk to our own people, of course we do, and still, and that will always happen naturally. But we need to get the message out to the Whether they, they engage or not, just understanding and knowing is key. Um, and I think we all have a duty within all our roles in rural to do that and get that message through of the reality of everything from food production to recreation opportunity and responsible access and so on. Yeah, helping it happen, absolutely brilliant. It's done us a lot of good, but if we can get that message wider, I think that's key.
0: I totally agree. Well, I just want to thank you both. Kirsty had to to dash off to see a client, but um, I'd like to thank you both very much for, for taking part today. Huge thanks there to Hugh, Kirsty and to Ian and congratulations again to all of them for their win in the Helping It Happen Awards last year. We've heard quite a bit from them about the benefits of entering and winning the awards, how they've boosted morale, supported them in getting word out about what they do and all sorts of other positive things. Um, Hopefully that's a bit of encouragement to consider putting your own project or your work or somebody you know forward for the future awards and, and for 2023. If you need one final push or encouragement, though, um, here's another word—the last for this episode—from SLE's Sarah Jane Lang.
1: It really is so rewarding to hear the positive stories from past winners. You know, it's—it's it's not just a kind of a one-night award ceremony. That the the lasting legacy of involvement in in the Helping It Happen project is clear and, and and measurable and and tangible for for many of those past winners. And, and I hope it's something that you know those who are considering um, applying will be thinking about. It's not just about that you know flashy award ceremony. It is about that kind of longer term benefit for for everyone. We are you know so grateful to our returning headline sponsor Nature Scott and all the sponsors of the the individual categories. These awards just wouldn't be possible w- without them, and it allows us to to continue to be able to kind of focus on all the different aspects of helping it happen conservation education you know environment combating climate change building resilient businesses innovation in farming working communities tourism and visitor management there's something there I think for for everyone
0: thank you again to sarah jane The On Farm podcast is made by our team here at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. So um, get in touch for a chat if you've got any questions or queries around communications, marketing, social media or PR for your rural land or food based business. But that's me off for now and we'll be back again next week. See you then.